Hello everyone once again welcome back to Demigod Wars Today I'm gonna start with the 4th chapter of the first Jackson and the Lightning Thief book So that is the book 1 And I hope that you are liking my podcast And if you like it please please share it with your friends and give it a like So let's get started with the 4th chapter So chapter 4 My mother teaches me bullfighting we tore through the night along dark country roads. Wind slammed against the Camaro. Rain slashed the windshield. I didn't know my mom how she could see anything, but she kept her foot on the gas. Every time there was a flash of lightning, I looked at Grover sitting next to me in the back seat and I wondered if I had gone insane or if he was wearing some kind of shack carpet pants. But no, the smell was one I remembered from kindergarten field trips to the petting zoo, Lanolin, like from Bull. The smell smell of a barnyard animal. All I could think to say was, so (coughs) you and my mom, like, know each other? Grover's eyes flitted to the rearview mirror, though there were no cars behind us. Not exactly, he said. I mean, we have never met in person, but she knew I was watching you. Watching me? Keeping tabs on you, making sure you were okay. But I wasn't faking being a friend, he added hastily. I am your friend. Uh, what are you exactly? It doesn't matter right now. It doesn't matter? From the waist down, my best friend is a donkey? Grover let out a sharp throaty blah. I did heard him make that sound before, but I did always assumed it was a nervous laugh. Now I realize it was more of an irritated bleat. Goat! He cried. What? I'm a goat from the waist down. You just said it didn't matter. Blah. There are satyrs who would trample you under, under hoof for such an insult. Whoa, wait, satyrs? You mean like Mr. Brunner's myth? Were those old ladies at the fruit stand a myth, Percy? Was Mrs. Dodds a myth? So you admit there was a Mrs. Dodds? Of course. Then why? The less you know, the fewer monsters will retract. Grava said like that should be perfectly obvious. We put mist over the human eye. We hoped you did think the kindly one was a hallucination. But it was no good. You started to realize who you are. Who, who I... Wait a minute. What do you mean? The weird bellowing noise rose up again, somewhere behind us, closer than before. Whatever was chasing us was still on our trail. Percy, my mom said, there's too much to explain and not enough time. We have to get you to safety. Safety from what? Who's after me? Oh, nobody much. Bravo said, obviously still, miffed about the donkey command. Just a lot of the dead and a few of his bloodthirstiest minions. Grover! Sorry, Mrs. Jackson. Could you drive faster, please? I tried to wrap my mind around what was happening, but I couldn't do it. I knew this wasn't a dream. I had no imagination. I could never dream of something that weird. My mom made a hard left. We swerved onto a narrower road, passing, racing past darkened farmhouses and wooded hills and pick your own strawberry signs on white picket fences. Where are we going? I said. The summer camp I told you about. My mom's mother's, my mother's voice was tight. She was trying to, for my sake, not to be scared. The place your father wanted to send you. The place you didn't want me to go. Please, dear, my mother begged. This is hard enough. Try to understand. You're in danger. Because some old ladies got yarn. Those weren't old ladies. Grover said. Those were the fakes. Do you mean... What, do you know what it means, the fact they appeared in front of you? They only do that when you are about to 
Then someone's about to die. Whoa, you said you. No, I didn't. I said someone. You meant you, as in me. I meant you like someone, not you, you. Boys, my mom said. She pulled the wheel hard to the right and I got a glimpse of a figure she did swerve to avoid. A dark, fluttering shape now lost behind us in the storm. What was that? I asked. We're almost there, my mother said, ignoring my question. Another mile, please, please, please. I didn't know where there was, but I found myself leaning forward in the car, anticipating, wanting us to arrive. Outside, nothing but wind and darkness and the kind of empty countryside you'd get way out on the tip of Long Island. I thought about Mrs. Dodds and the moment she did changed into the thing with pointed teeth and leathery wings. My limbs went numb from delayed shock. She really hadn't been human. She didn't meant to kill me. Then I thought Mr. Brunner uh, and the sword he had thrown me. Before I could ask Vavor about that, the hair rose on the back of my neck. There was a blinding flash, a jaw rattling, boom, and our car exploded. I remember feeling weightless like I was being crushed, flat, and hosed down all at the same time. I peeled my forehead off the back of the driver's seat and said, Oh, Percy, my mom shouted. I'm okay. I'm okay. I tried to shake off the days. I wasn't dead. The car really hadn't exploded. We had swerved into a ditch. Our driver's side doors were wedged in the mud. The roof had ha- had cracked open like an eggshell and the rain was pouring in. Lightning, that was the only explanation. But it had been blasted right off the road. Next to me in the back seat was a big motionless lump. Grover! He was slumped over, blood trickling from the side of his mouth. I shook his furry hip, thinking, No! Even if you are half barnyard animal, you are my best friend and I don't want you to die. Then he groaned, Food! Daniel, there was hope. Percy, my mom said, We have to. Her voice flattered. I looked back. In a flash of lightning through the mud spattered rear windshield, I saw a finger, figure lumbering towards us on the shoulder of the road. The sight of it made my skin crawl. It was a dark silhouette of a huge guy like a football player. He seemed to be holding a blanket over his head. His top half was bulky and fuzzy. His upraised hands made it look like he had horns. I swallowed hard. Who is Percy? My mom, mom said, deadly serious. Get out of the car. My mother threw herself against the driver's side door. It was jammed shut in the mud. I tried mine. Stuck to. I looked up desperately at the hole in the roof. It might have been an exit, but the edges were sizzling and smoking. Climb out the da- passenger's side, my mom told me. First, you have to run. Did you see that big thing? Climb out the passenger's side, my mom said to me. Oh, first, you have to run. Did you see that big tree? What? Another flash of lightning and through the smoking hole in the roof, I saw the tree she meant. A huge. White House Christmas tree size fine at the crest of the nearest hill. That's the property line, my mom said. Get over that hill and you'll see a big farmhouse down in the valley. Run and don't look back. Yell for help. Don't stop until you reach the door. Mom, you're coming too. Her face was pale, her eyes as sad as when she looked at the ocean. No, I shouted. You're coming with me. Help me carry Grover. Food. Grover moaned a little louder. The man with the blanket on his head kept coming towards us, making his grunting, snorting noises. As he got closer, I realized he couldn't be holding a blanket over his head because his hands, huge meaty hands, were swinging at his sides. There was no blanket, meaning the bulky fuzzy mass that was too big to be his head was his head. And the points that looked like horns? 
He doesn't want us. My mom told me he wants you. Besides, I can't cross the property line. But we don't have time, Percy. Go, please. I got mad then. Mad at my mother, at Brother, the goat, and at the thing with horns like was lumbering towards us slowly and deliberately like like a bull. I climbed across gravel and pushed the door open into the rain. We are going together, Mom. Come on. I told you. Mom, I'm not leaving you. Help me with Grover. I didn't wait for her answer. I scrambled outside, dragging Grover from the car. He was surprisingly light, but I couldn't have carried him very far if my mom hadn't come to my aid. Together, we draped Grover's arms over our shoulders and started stumbling uphill through wet, waist-high grass. Glancing back, I got my first clear look at the monster. He was seven feet tall, easy, his arms and legs like something from the cover of Muscle Man magazine, bulging biceps and triceps and a bunch of other steps. All start with baseballs underway and a wind-webbed skin. He wore no clothes except underwear, I mean, bright white fruit of the looms, which would have looked funny except that the top half of his body was so scary. Coarse brown hair started at his belly button and got thicker as it reached his shoulders. His neck was a mass of muscle and fur leading up to his enormous head which had a snout as long as my arm, snorting nostrils with a gleaming brass ring, cruel black eyes and horns, enormous black and white horns with points you just couldn't get from an electric sharpener. I recognized the monster alright. He had been in first in one of the first stories Mr. Brunner told us, he, but he couldn't be real. I blinked the rain out of my eyes. That's Missy Face, son, my mom said. I wish I didn't know how badly they want to kill you. But he's the main. Don't say his name, she warned. Names have power. The pine tree was still way too far, a hundred yards uphill at least. I glanced behind me again. The bullman hunched over our car, looking in the windows, or not looking exactly. More like snuffling, nuzzling. I wasn't sure why he bothered, since we were only about 50 feet away. Food? Grover moaned. Shh! I told him. Mom, what's he doing? Doesn't he see us? His sight and hearing are terrible, she said. He goes my spell, but he'll figure out where we are soon enough. As if on cue, the bullman bellowed in rage. He picked up Gabe's camaro by the torn roof, the chassis raking, creaking and groaning. He raised the car over his head and threw it down the road. It slammed into it slammed into the west asphalt and skidded into a shower of sparks for about half a mile become, before coming to a stop. The gas tank exploded. Not a, not a scratch, I remembered, Gabe saying. Oops. Percy, my mom said. When he sees us, he'll charge. Wait until the last second, then jump out of the way, directly sideways. He can't change directions very well once he's charging. Do you understand? How do you know all this? I've been worried about an attack for a long time. I should have expected this. I was selfish, keeping you near me. Keeping me near you? But another below of bridge and the bullman started tromping uphill. He didn't smell us. The pine tree was only a few more yards, but the hill was getting steeper and slicker, and Grover wasn't getting any lighter. The bullman closed in. Another few seconds and he did be on top of us. My mother must have been exhausted, but she shouldered Grover. Go, pussy, separate. Remember what I said. I didn't want to split up, but I had the feeling she was right. It was our only chance. I sprinted to the left, turned, and saw the creature bearing down on me. His black eyes glowed with hate. He reeked like rotten meat. He lowered his head and charged. Those razor-sharp horns aimed straight at my chest. The fear in my stomach made me want to bolt, but that didn't work. 
I could never outrun this thing. So I held my ground and at the last moment I jumped to the side. The bullman stomped past like a freight train, then bellowed with frustration and turned, but not towards me this time, towards my mother who was setting Grover down in the grass. We did reach the crest of the hill. Down the other side I could see a valley just as my mother had said and the lights of a farmhouse glowing yellow through the rain. But that was half a mile away. We did never make it. The bullman grunted, pawing the ground. He kept tying my mother who was now retreating slowly downhill back toward the road trying to lead the monster away from gravel. Run, Percy, she told me. I can't go any farther. Run! But I stood there frozen in fear as the monster charged her. He tried to sidestep as she did told me to do but the monster had learned the lesson. His hand shot out and grabbed her by the neck as she tried to get away. He lifted her as she struggled, kicking and fumbling in the air. Mom! She caught my eyes, managed to choke out one last word. Go! Then with an angry groan, the monster closed his fist around my mother's neck and she dissolved before my eyes, melting into light, a shimmering gold form, as if she were a holographic projection. A blinding flash and she was simply gone. No! Anger replaced my fear. Newfound strength birthed in my limbs, the same rush of energy I did gotten when Mrs. Dodds grew, grew talents. The bullman bore down a grover who lay helpless in the grass. The monster hunched over, snuffling my best friend as if he were about to lift Grover up and make him dissolve too. I couldn't allow that. I stripped off my red rain jacket. Hey! I screamed, waving the jacket, running to one side of the monster. Hey, stupid brown beef! Rawr! The monster turned towards me, shaking his meaty, meaty fits. I had an idea. A stupid idea, but better than no idea, dog. I put my back to the big pine tree and waved my red jacket in front of the bullman, thinking I'd jump out of, the, out of the way at the last moment. But it didn't happen like that. The bullman charged too fast, his arms out to grab me whichever way I tried to dodge. Time slowed down. My legs tensed. I couldn't jump sideways, so I leaped straight up, kicking off from the creature's head, using it as a springboard, turning in mid-air and landing on his neck. How did I do that? I didn't have time to figure it out. Only a second later, the monsters had slammed into the tree and the impact nearly knocked my teeth out. The bullman staggered around trying to shake me. I locked my eyes around his horns, arms around his horns to keep from being thrown. Thunder and lightning were still going strong. The rain was in my eyes. The smell of rotten meat burned my nostrils. The monster shook himself around and bucked like a rodeo bull. He should have just backed up into the tree and smashed me flat, but I was starting to realize that this thing had only one gear forward. Meanwhile, Grover started groaning in the grass. I wanted to yell at him to shut up, but the way I was getting tossed around, if I opened my mouth, I did bite my own tongue off. Food! Grover moaned. The bullman wheeled toward him, bought the ground again and got ready to charge. I thought about how it had squeezed the life out of my mother and made her disappear in a flash of light and rage filled me like high-octane fuel. I got both my hands around one horn and pulled backward with all my might. The monster tensed, gave a surprised grunt, then snap. The bullman screamed and flung me through the air. I landed flat on my back in the grass. My head smacked against a rock. When I sat up, my vision was blurry, but I had a horn in my hands, a ragged bone weapon the size of a knife. The monster charged. Without thinking, I rolled to one side and came up kneeling. As the monster barreled past, I drove the broken horn straight into its side, right up under his for a ribcage. The bullman rode it agony. He flailed, clawing at his chest that began to disintegrate, not like my mother in a flash of golden light, but like crumbling sand, blown away in chunks by the wind, the steam wave Mrs. Dodds had 
burst apart. The monster was gone. The rain had stopped. The storm still rumbled but only in the distance. I smelt like livestock and my knees were shaking. My head felt like it was splitting open. I was weak and scared and trembling with grief I had just seen my mother vanish. I wanted to lie down and cry but there was Grover needing my help so I managed to haul him up and stagger down into the hill toward the light of the firehouse. I was crying, calling for my mother but I held on to Grover. I wasn't going to let him go. The last thing I remember is collapsing on a wooden porch looking up at a, looking up at a ceiling fan circling above me, moths flying around the yellow ladder and the stern pieces of a familiar looking bearded man and a pretty girl, her blonde hair curled like a princess's. They both looked down at me and the girl said, He's the one, he must be. Silence, Annabeth, the man said. He's still conscious. Bring him inside. So that was the end of the third chapter of the Buster Jackson and the Lightning Thief book. I hope you like it. Stay safe and stay healthy. Bye-bye. Oh, and I forgot to tell you. Stay tuned for the next one. And it will be coming in the next week. Okay, so bye-bye.